0: Coming up on Locked On Lakers, so has this been the least enjoyable Lakers season in your lifetime, rooting for the purple and gold? Happy Friday, everybody. Away we go. You are Locked On Lakers, your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast,
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen every day, Monday through Friday. Occasionally on the weekends, we look to get you guys fresh content every day about the Lakers. And make sure that you are making, again, Locked On Lakers your first listen. You can make someone else your second, but always we are your first. Uh, No Brian today. He's taking a long weekend with his family. But in his place, my friend and I guess former quasi-boss – you may know him uh, from his work producing the Mason and Ireland show on 710 ESPN in Los Angeles. Also, second in command on the programming side, which is why he is corporate. Greg, Greg Bergman, how are you, man? What's going on,
1: Andy? Yeah, it's uh, we've definitely had some time together. I wouldn't say why was your boss though. You were you're very much your own person. Okay,
0: we are obviously. Uh, going to talk some State of Lakers, um, also some Winning Time, the HBO series about the Showtime Lakers produced by Adam McKay. It's based on the incredible book by Friend of the Pod, Jeff Perlman. Really just happy for his success in all of this. But first, Greg, we focus on the non-winning time yeah. uh, for the Lakers right now. Um, we joked, Brian and I, on Thursday's show, that if that era was winning time, this era is just time. Time.
1: It's not even losing. It's just time.
0: Yeah, it really, it it feels in a lot of ways like, you know, obviously I'm not making an apples to apples comparison because let's maintain some perspective. But, you know, people who've been in prison talk about like there's, there's two days, the day you go in, the day you go out, and then everything in between is just time, like one long strip of time. It kind of feels like the Lakers this season. Like, I don't know how else to say it. They're just really hard
1: to watch, and it's it's not easy. Everything that they do, every, every bad pass, you're like, oh, God, not again. Every <laughs> turnover, every time they're down by 25 points in the first quarter, you're like, geez, am I really going to wait, sit and wait longer and watch more of this just to have a fake comeback at some point?
0: Yeah, but it, but it's what we do. Yes, it it is, and not just because both you and I are part of this industry, and therefore it's part of our job. You do it because, in some respects, this is the curse of the fan, and you, like me, Greg, are an actual, real, legit Laker fan, far removed from anything we do professionally.
1: No, yeah, no, this is something that I've always been a fan of, and like, so no matter what, I'm going to sit and I'm going to watch the games because it's something that, yeah, as true fans, I even put this on Twitter the other day, actually. Like, why are you still watching? And it was because in over and over again, it was the same thing. Because I'm a Laker fan, because I need to watch my team. Good times, bad times, it doesn't matter. I'm going to watch the Lakers. And that's that's what you and I do. We watch the games.
0: Okay, that, that though leads to the question that I had asked at, at the intro of the show. Because we've both been longtime time Laker fans. But this season has been really rough and really disappointing. So I wanted to ask you and this was something that I saw uh the guys over at Silver Screen and Roll put out a poll asking like is this where does this season rank for you in terms of a disappointment and b just pure unbridled unenjoyment. Like I've got some other alternative seasons for for this category, but I'm curious what you think about it just along those lines.
1: So, I mean, I think they they go hand in hand, right? Because if if this season is the expectations you came into the season with such high expectations, you had LeBron and Anthony Davis, they changed everything and brought in Russell Westbrook, but they also brought in a bunch of shooters. So you're like, okay, they got some guys that can actually take care of the ball, take be able to take a little bit off a little weight off of, of LeBron. We're going to have, we're going to see Anthony Davis at the five where everybody wants him to be. We're going to see LeBron not really worrying about being the point guard at, anymore because Russell Westbrook is there and we can take some time off of him so the expectations were super high so seeing how them now being 11 games under 500 or whatever it's going to be after tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> it's you know or today or whatever it happens to be like it's it all just it makes it it makes it a very tough watch so overall it's been extremely unenjoyable because of the expectations i mean at least when you saw chris came in laying on the bench across like with nobody there on the on the bench, you're thinking, all right. I mean, these guys are still when they're out on the floor. At least they're playing hard and doing what the best that they can. Um, even when you're playing except terribly. Cayman. Well, except for Kimmy, He was tired. Leave him alone.
0: (laughs) He had worked himself into just such a tizzy. He needed to lie down.
1: (laughs) Right. But, I mean, like, you laughed at it because they weren't very good, and you knew that the players on the floor weren't very good. And when Even when you had, you know, that uh, that Jordan Hill era with Kobe where they were all dancing and getting all excited after Nick Young hit a shot, a game-winning shot or whatever it happened to be, like, that was still a time where, like, they're having fun. They know they're bad. They're doing the best that they can. Fine. This team is not doing the best that they can. So it makes it that much harder to actually watch. And it's because of that, it's extremely disappointing and I don't I can't think of a year maybe you like you said you had a year that you think is better but like I haven't I can't think of a worse year than this. Be this is better
0: awful. for being worse. <laughs> right. Essentially, exactly is what you're saying. I'm going to present though two strong candidates that you okay. could at least make an argument for. Okay. Let's 2005 the year in between the Kobe Shack breakup and Phil coming back and the, the oh, Smush Kwame years. years. Well, no, no, this is not D'Antoni. Oh no, this sorry is not Dan- Rudy Tomjanovich. This is, yes, this is Rudy Tomjanovich. Um, you know, this, by the way, I think people are realizing the Smush Kwame years weren't that bad. <laughs> <Like> they weren't <laughs> they weren't great. Not that bad. But that season, in between uh the Kobe Shack breakup and Phil coming back, Lakers missed the playoffs. Kobe looked uncomfortable as, you know, still transitioning to be that true face of the franchise, you know, the the soul face, especially, like right on the heels of Colorado and still in that image rehab. He was seen as the guy that ran Shaq and Phil out. There were tons of injuries, including to Kobe. Rudy Tomjanovich quit. (laughs) Like that was a really unpleasant season that had you really worried, okay, what have they gotten themselves into? What has Kobe potentially gotten them? into because again he was viewed as the guy that you know sparked all of this fair or not like that was a particularly unpleasant season as a Laker fan
1: yeah no that was a really bad season I forgot all about that one actually I forgot Rudy Tomjanovich was even a coach for the Lakers at one point that was exciting though when he when we got Rudy we're like, oh hey, Rudy T, this is great. This is gonna be mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. And it just didn't work. And yeah, like, I'm like... out.
0: I'm
1: not doing <laughs> he... this.
0: Yep. That I mean, I know there were health issues and stuff like that, sure. but Rudy looked miserable. <laughs> yeah, looked absolutely. <laughs> and then that one was bad. 2013, okay. the season where Kobe tore his Achilles. Like, there was all the infighting. You know, Kobe and Dwight famously had their feud, but Dwight had issues with everybody. There was a ton of tension on that team, period. You had the fiasco where they fire Mike Brown, replace him with Mike D'Antoni after allowing the perception that Phil Jackson could be the coach. Like, you're just setting up D'Antoni to lose, no matter who you think should have been the coach. You've had Powell and D'Antoni feuding. You had all the injuries, you know, beginning with Steve Nash. Dr. Bust dies, Kobe's Achilles, they get s- swept out of the first round, capped by Dwight getting ejected, signaling that he was literally out the door. <laughs> that was rough. <laughs> the 2013 season was, you know, I, you and I were both around that. I, I covered it closely. That was really rough. Miserable to see up close.
1: So yeah, that one was. But I mean, you also have to remember about that season. They were the best team in the second half before before Achilles or the twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kobe tore his Achilles while they were fant- they were playing really good basketball, and like that, those three were actually starting to come together. And you're like, okay, you can make a run. This is the best team in basketball in the second half. And then he tore his Achilles, and of course, it was all going to go to hell after that. So I that season is nowhere near as bad as this season
0: because they played really well down the stretch. I think ultimately you are correct that this is the worst Mm -hmm. because at least with those two other seasons that I was talking about, you had Kobe. Yeah, And Kobe was somebody that was a Laker lifer and somebody that was one of your own. So at least there was that personal investment with the team. This is all going to hell, and it's a mercenary squad. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Like, that's... That, I think, in some respects makes it even harder to root for because it's, you know, it's the expendables. It's it's not a team that I think a lot of fans have a natural investment. in. even though Laker fans are, I think you'll agree, more ride or die than they get credit for. They are. You have to give them a lot of credit for that. But like this one has tested that. So coming up next, I want to talk with you before we get into winning time. About just the idea of hope for the rest of the season, but also hope for the LeBron and AD era, however long that lasts, how much do you have with that? We'll talk about that coming up next, but first, Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online. It's that time of year again, college basketball. It is truly now the tournament. It is upon us, so for all the latest odds, contests, player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sporting bet needs and information, Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the games start. All right, so Greg, you mentioned the idea of hope, and you know for the rest of this season and right now the company line with all even with all the losing that's happening right now is the narrative the notion that if lebron can still be healthy and have anything in the tank by the time anthony davis gets back and anthony davis looks like he did for that short period after the first time he came back from injury and was playing extremely well then started to tail off got hurt and he's been out this whole time if the two of them can get a little bit of time time on the court together. Maybe recapture some of that old chemistry. There's enough time to build some rhythm with the rest of these guys. Maybe they win a couple games in the row in the play-in. You know, get a little bit going before whoever they face in the first round. Greg, you're already laughing. You are <laughs> already laughing in, as trying. I run through this scenario. I'm sorry, I don't want to laugh, but <laughs> keep going,
1: keep going, keep going. No, the I'm scenario. done.
0: That's no, the whole scenario. <laughs>
1: I would love to say, yeah, that's gonna happen. That he's Anthony Davis is gonna come back with three, four games left. He's gonna be great. He's not gonna fall on the floor at all, and you're never gonna hold your breath again. And everything is gonna be f- fantastic. I have magic, <laughs> a lot of hope that this is all gonna work out. But that just shows you another reason that they don't have enough time together. And Russell Westbrook is still gonna be Russell Westbrook. Still not gonna fit in with those guys. Malik Monk is great for what he what he can do, but then it's gonna be, you know, Tht just got hurt, so. Where's he going to be? And he was a big part of the younger guys that were getting in there. Austin Reeves is great for who he is. You know, it's just I, I, I don't have the hope that they're going to get very far to the playoffs. Because even if they get through the play-in and make the eighth seed or even the seventh seed, you still got to run into Phoenix. Phoenix yeah.
0: runs them. Yes. Constantly. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, Phoenix figured out the scouting report on the Lakers, which is just run their asses up and down the court every single Opportunity, like that's yep. that's the extent of the scouting report. I don't think there's anything else on it. <laughs> go, yes, every, it. it just says like at the end you're done reading, like that, <laughs> right. That's it. You're like, <laughs> go no more. Period. Go, go to the empty layup page. Line. Empty page.
1: Empty page. <laughs>
0: okay. Be, beyond that, though, you know there there is that question of what comes next for the Lakers, and obviously there's the Russell Westbrook thing, which is uh, you know that's a that's an issue in and of itself. So put that to the side. You know, okay. one, one way or another, the Lakers are looking to make this short-lived, whether he's on the, season, uh, on the team next season or one more year bought out, whatever. Like, this is not going to go longer than next season. But there is that idea of potentially extending LeBron. You know, you've got Anthony Davis a few more years. How do you feel right now about just the future with those two as your core? Where, where is your confidence level just with that conceptually?
1: So, I mean, I, it's tough because LeBron is LeBron James. I mean, next year he's going to be 38 years old, but, but it doesn't look like he has any slowing down whatsoever. Now, as he's been with the Lakers, he's, his injury history has actually been pretty poor, where he mm-hmm. get, he does miss games. He's missing games. He still has to I play in, I think, something around seven of the next 13 games, like something like that, to qualify for the uh, for the scoring title. So that means that he didn't have enough games already to play because he's been out a lot. So most likely he's going to be out a lot in the next coming years too. But as long as you have him on your team, you can already see what he can do game in and game out. When he's actually engaged and fully invested, he is going to be the same LeBron that he is. It's just whether or not he can stay healthy. And him and Anthony Davis, when they're both healthy, which is – you know, you have to take it for with a grain of salt when they're both healthy. But when they're both healthy, that is the, one of the strongest one-two punches in basketball, despite age and despite injury history. When they're both going well, I have high
0: hopes for this team. Yeah, that's what makes it, though. We've talked about this on some recent shows. Like, the idea of extending a core that is ultimately about two guys who you're growing more uncertain can actually stay on the court together because like it's one yeah. thing if you know AD is going to be out there at all you know if you know that he I think especially it's really with Anthony Davis because he's the younger guy like LeBron has an insane amount of mileage like what he's doing right now is literally unprecedented there's no template for this right if 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 you knew that AD was going to be on the court more You could start, I think, planning realistically around the idea of okay, we're going to have to, you know, not pick our spots with LeBron, but you can schedule him out a little bit more. Schedule your maintenance with him. Maybe schedule the idea in your head of okay, X amount of games he won't be there, but it's okay because Anthony Davis will play seventy to seventy-five games minimum. That's like Anthony Davis over three seasons. (laughs) Like, like, I mean, recently, yeah. I mean, the the one. Really great year that they had with AD health-wise. They won a championship. Yep. And AD, particularly in the bubble, was incredible. And that was also the best year they had with LeBron health-wise. And the timing worked out well, and they got a championship. And because of that, the plan has worked out. It has justified itself, at least to the original point. But then when you start thinking about moving further, it's a really, I think, fascinating and more difficult question, I think, than a lot of people sometimes give credit to. Because I think for most people, the obvious thought is well, you keep LeBron as long as you possibly can. But the idea of, okay, building around that, because that's part of the cost of doing business with LeBron, is you will sacrifice everything now for this. You know, how wide that window is open with those two in particular together. I think is a really dicey thing to try to figure out.
1: Yeah, it really is. And like to go back to to Anthony Davis and his injury, like he actually was playing over 70 over 80% of his games, hitting over 70 games in a row, three seasons in a row. And they that he sat when Pelicans traded him. But after that, he came to the Lakers, won a championship, and he played as many games as he probably I mean, pretty much could. I think he only missed like eight games or something like that in that in that year. A little bit shortened, but still didn't really miss a lot of time so it was possible he couldn't but over the last two years we've seen he keeps getting injured he keeps getting injured so it's it makes sense to like to think about this way what do you do if this is a guy that can't stay healthy not gonna stay on the floor do you want to keep this core intact do you want to keep it as LeBron and AD LeBron's already said that he wants to go play with his with his son too so that's in two years after you know so if he decides let's say the magic pick up Bronny in a second round or something like that, and he goes to the Magic. Now what are you going to do? I think you know there are it?
0: limits to LeBron's promise there. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you know what? I, I've been really giving this some thought, and I think Bronny should really get all of that shine in Orlando. <laughs> right. I, I really like... think Orlando is the place for him <laughs> and not me. Like, I don't want to make this about me. Yeah, but,
1: I mean, at the same – like, to go back to that, we still have – what do you do? It's a really tough question. And there's a little bit, I I guess it's kind of like, it's the Kobe deal, right? Where you gave Kobe that extra deal because you are a franchise that, that accepts your players and you give them that, that extra deal. You do the same thing with LeBron and then other players see like, okay, if I go to the Lakers, I'm going to be taken care of. We're going to win championships. We're going to have all those banners. And and I'm going to be taken care of, even when it gets a little bit later on in the year. Now, is that something that, Works for somebody else, or are they going to look at this as the dumpster fire that it is right now? You can also, there's so many different ways to look at it. Like, look, they're putting all these guys around LeBron, one-year contracts, just to say that it works. or do you want to build? It's, it's a really tough spot.
0: They are, before we get to, I mean, it's appropriate that we're about to transition to uh, winning time and show time and star power, that period of the Lakers. This is an organization that for better or for worse, they are star efforts, man yeah it's it's what they do and at times it is what makes them great and at times it is absolutely a big part of their undoing but again winning time celebrates that period where yeah. things were really really good we're gonna <laughs> talk about some winning time coming up next but first okay I started taking athletic greens because I'm someone that's always looking for different ways to improve my health with different vitamins improve my immune system better digestion all that stuff but like I don't have time to do all that, you know, all that work separately, like different pill for this, different drink for that. It's a pain in the ass, but that's what makes athletic greens perfect for me. Every morning I wake up, I get my scoop of athletic greens, mix it up in some cold water, and boom, you got 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. I didn't even know adaptogens were a thing until I got introduced to athletic greens. That's how you start your day, and athletic greens work for every lifestyle, whether you're Keto, paleo, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free. They got less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, artificial, anything. But Greg, it tastes great. It's got a nice little tropical hint, a little bit of chocolate going on there. And here's the best part. Costs less than three bucks a month. So to make this easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free trial packs with your first purchase. All you need to do is go to athleticgreens.com backslash NBA network. Again, athleticgreens.com backslash NBA network. Take ownership over your health and the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by Built Bar. Okay. We are in March now, the madness, all that stuff. And speaking of madness, your new year's resolutions, those things are done for most people, but don't bail out on eating right because Built Bar makes it easy. Like Greg, have you tried the puffs, the Built Bar puffs? If oh, you have want to. well, you, you should because they are the best tasting built bars ever. One of the best ever. They are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're, can you believe such a thing exists, man? That that that's science. They're marshmallowy, fluffy. They got awesome flavors like cinnamon churro, coconut mm-hmm. marshmallow, banana cream pie, and they are covered, Greg, one hundred percent real chocolate and sounds good yeah well here's what's great too most candy bars you know covered in chocolate themselves probably not hundred percent you know but no fake some degree of chocolate usually they're like two to three hundred calories a pop so you know pretty empty not getting much out of it built bars only 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs but 17 grams of protein and that's the good stuff you always got cool flavor combinations so go to built.com Use the promo code LOCK15 get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCK15, 15% off at built.com. All right, so winning time. You were excited, Greg, when, I, when I mentioned that we were going to get into some winning time. I, I've been looking to talk about this, and Brian's actually not caught up with it. Oh, um, so how dare he? It's ridiculous. I, I know, well, you know, it's Brian. Impressions so far of winning time. <laughs> what are you liking about it? What may you not like so much? What do what you think?
1: I, I love it. I actually think it's great. It, uh, it, it talks about a, a time that i was not very familiar with. I mean, I know a lot of the stories. I know how the, Dr. Jerry Buss you know, gave away some of his uh, properties in order to get the to uh, buy the team and all that kind of stuff. But I love how it's filmed. I love that it's in a way that <clears throat> they break the fourth wall, and, and pretty often even. I think that's great. I think uh, the guy that plays Quincy Isaiah, is that his name? Yes. plays Magic. He is fantastic. He's amazing. incredible. He's, He's incredible. Amazing. He's a star, an absolute star. Everything about it has been really fun to watch. I really think, I, I take it as what it is. It is very much a show, and they say it right at the beginning, that this show is, they have, there's, they take liberties with it. It's oh. not ex- <laughs> it's not exactly what happened. It is a dramatization of what happened in that time and I take it as that because I think that's something that is important. And it's but it has been so much fun to watch. I love watching all the different characters and Jerry West as much as I'm sure he hates his character, I think he is um, incredible. It's so funny. He's Jason just, Clark a, the actor playing him. Yeah, Jason Clark is great. He did a fantastic job. I mean do I really think that Jerry West was curled up in a little ball and like crying because he couldn't make magic Johnson a four? Like, no, I don't think that's what actually happened, but it was funny
0: <laughs> well, you know, as the old saying goes, it's always funny when it's not happening to you. <laughs> right.
1: I mean, I crawl up into little balls when I work with Mason all the time. But, That's you know, true. So I get where he's coming from. But at the same time, like, I don't think that actually happened. I'm sure he didn't throw things out windows. I'm sure he didn't do break golf clubs over his knee. But at the same time, it's been funny and it's interesting to watch. And it makes it just a
0: little bit better. Well, Okay. First of all, you, you mentioned Quincy Isaiah's magic. I mean, he so just... Good. He doesn't just look like magic, like he nails the voice, the cadence, like how magnetic Mm -hmm. magic is, like the essence. Like he really gets inside this in a way that like you learn that guy can project star power because that's what you are doing if you were trying to play magic. But uh, another guy, and I think this guy so far is the secret sauce of the show, Devon Nixon playing his dad, Norm. Oh, so good. He's so good. Like he... He has these moments that are both like big, but also subtle. And like, you feel his arrogance, but also like that insecurity because he always feels like he's about to get screwed over. Like there's that great scene in episode two where Jerry West is telling him, like, I don't care that they just drafted magic. They're paying him half a mil a year. You're still the point guard and Nixon's just going, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. that That makes a lot of sense. I can totally see where you're coming from. And he he's so good. It must be a thrill for him to play his dad. You know, like our friend O'Shea did uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. playing Ice Cube. Yeah. But in straight out of Compton. But it, it's it's so great. And John C now, I want to get to you were you were mentioning like the liberties being taken. Okay. John C. Riley, I think, is really good as Dr. Buss. And he's just a great actor, period. He's fantastic. There are though some liberties that are taken with him that I think sort of get into like liberties taken as a show with different people that, you know, it's very well publicized. The Lakers and various people connected to the Lakers are not happy with this at all. Like they don't like winning time in certain respects. They make the Lakers seem like kind of a dysfunctional group of idiots until Jerry buss, came along and didn't just show them how to sell the game, which he absolutely did. He thought about this differently. Created it. But in some respects, almost how to play the game, which (laughs) I could see, like, could, within the Laker organization, or at least for certain people, like Jerry West, feel a little bit much. (laughs) Like, Sure.
1: Sure. I mean, I can see that. I just, you know... Jerry Buss absolutely comes off as just like this enormous figure that is just the. the he comes off the best out of anybody in this entire oh, show. Yeah. Like they oh, made yeah. this around, like, we're going to make Jerry Buss look like a god. Other and than just the womanizing d- elements of it. Right, well, yeah. I mean, that, that was. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the. Yeah. That was, it was. Everybody knew that part. But at the same time, like, they make him look great, but it's also. I don't, I don't know, Jerry Jerry West. I can understand why the Lakers would be upset about it because they're sitting there and they're watching these things live. Like they were there. Genie Buss was there. And all Norm Nixon was there. Magic Johnson was there. All these people, Jerry West, they were all there already. So they're watching themselves on the screen and saying, that's not me. That's not mm-hmm. how this went down. This is garbage. It's not, you know, a lot of times these things come out posthumously. Is that the right word? Post, posthumous? uh, posthumously. Posthumously. Thank you. I'm not, <laughs> not very good with words as working in radio. Um, <laughs> but, you know, all, most of the times they come up posthumously. And that's so you don't nobody ever says anything about it because you're like, oh, OK, that's how it is. But this is live. It's in their face. Yeah. They're actually seeing it happen. And they're like, this is garbage that I have to see this. So I get it. But at the same time, like for listeners and for or watchers and people that maybe just don't even watch basketball, they're watching like, this is entertaining. This is entertainment. This is something that I'm enjoying and I'm learning something at the same time. We didn't know who half of these people were. Claire Rothman, no idea who that was until this, until this show.
0: Yeah. Uh, she's a, a she's very great, important. Way. Yeah. Uh, Gabby Hoffman, the actress she, yeah. and Claire, Claire Rothman was a really influential exec. Like, Jerry West was not going to like, his, or I'm sure he does he hasn't said anything, but I'm sure he doesn't like his betrayal because Jerry West doesn't like anything. And <laughs> right. it is true that like, he is a famously unhappy, I think depressed person. He's been pretty open about this stuff, but like I can say without even having heard West comment on this, he likely doesn't enjoy scenes where he's, uh, viewed having pretty graphic Rusting sex with a woman that's, <laughs> so a woman that's not his wife. <laughs> like, yeah, pick, picked up at a funeral. Yeah, <laughs> probably <laughs> not going to be pleased about that. But also, too, and I, I bet this is the part uh. that I, I've seen this rub a lot of Laker fans the wrong way. So I imagine this would rub really? West the wrong way. He's betrayed as kind of a basketball buffoon. Like he, he's um, seen oh, as that's fair. He's seen as like against everything that became the Showtime Lakers. Like, it's true that he did not want to draft Magic. He did want to draft Sidney Moncrief, who, by okay. the way, was a Hall of Famer. Like, it's not like he was pushing a for great a player. Yeah. But, like, he comes across really just heavy-handed and hot-headed against all these different things that worked out. Like, I imagine it's something that he would hate. But it also, like you mentioned, Greg, it just raises the interesting, I think, question of what it's like to see yourself basically as a character Yeah. When you aren't a character, like you're an actual person, you know what (laughs) I mean? Like that's got to be a weird thing.
1: Yeah. It's gotta be hard to watch. I mean, if I, if it was, let's say it was me and I was watching myself and I'm like, wait, no, I, I don't act like that. I don't go and cry in a corner. I didn't quit right before, like right before everything went crazy. I didn't want to do all of this, all these different things. I didn't, I didn't throw stuff out windows or scream and cry. So I mean, yeah, I would I would be pretty upset by it too because it's it's me you're talking. I'm, it's my own life that you're that I'm watching. So I w- I would like to have some liberties over my own life. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> it's funny too. Before before we go, there there is a scene in it's a great scene actually in uh, episode two where Magic pulls up to this pickup game uh, oh, where great. you know his now wife, then on again off again girlfriend Cookie. You know everybody <laughs> knows Cookie. Um, That he really is still pining for and she's not confident that he will be uh, there for her once he becomes the big star with the Lakers and she's seeing someone else and he pulls up to this game to basically humiliate her boyfriend playing in it and, and also to show off.
1: I mean, but let's be honest about that scene too, where magic drives up into a random park on the, you know, on the blacktop and he's magic Johnson, the number one pick in the NBA draft. And he's a, a Los Angeles Laker who just won a national title with Michigan state. And he's going to play you on a basketball court. Of course, he's going to humiliate you. <laughs> this isn't like, you know, you're going to be able to do like hold your own against him by any means. He was also like five to seven inches taller than the yeah. guy. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, it, like, well, let's be real here. Do but he's you really he's, need to be that upset about it.
0: <laughs> he's expressly there to humiliate that guy. But, right. what, but what I think is really fun about it, too, is it it can also be connected to episode one, where there's a party at Donald Sterling's place uh, yeah. as the show note of the second <laughs> worst Donald of the 80s. Um, <laughs> one of Donald Sterling's infamous all white parties, which has like a million entendres to it, yeah. but um. Norm Nixon, who's already on the Lakers and already wary of Magic's arrival, plays in a game of one-on-one against Magic, and he humiliates Magic in this game. And the show so far, I think, has done a really good job of using basketball and having it sort of drive scenes in ways that won't get you too caught up in, okay, how realistic does the basketball look? Because it's not really the point.
1: Right. So, I mean, also, by the way, that scene, apparently, from what I understand, Norman doesn't also doesn't really like the way that he's portrayed. I thought he came off great in that scene with the one-on-one versus Magic. I thought that was actually a really solid scene for him in general, where he just took Magic to school and made him almost quit. Yeah, go back to school. Like he he schooled him so much that that was he went back to school. It was it was a pretty (laughs) it was pretty an amazing scene. I thought he looked looked great in that scene. They for the most part, I think they're making most people not named Jerry West look pretty decent.
0: Well, I I hope if nothing else that Norm Nixon can enjoy just seeing his son get this opportunity because again, his his son Devon Nixon is terrific in this role. And and look, I brought up some stuff about the show that I think. You know, could be better to I, I, I'm ready for him to stop breaking the fourth wall if I know the reason. I I feel like that's becoming a bit of a crutch for McKay, just because he does it so much in so much other stuff. Okay, that's fair. But either way, I, I'm enjoying it. It's fun so far. And and it was fun to have somebody to actually get into it with on a show. Uh Greg Bergman, he is again the producer of mason in ireland he is one of the big wigs over at 710 espn where can the people follow big ish wig big ish really. <laughs> where, where can the people follow
1: you you can follow me at bergman greg on twitter and on instagram actually uh
0: this this was fun man it's always fun hanging out with you
1: yeah no i always love hanging out with you andy so appreciate it thank you very much for uh, having hey. me on
0: Yeah, absolutely. There might be a mini pod in reaction to either the game on Friday against Toronto, the game on Saturday against Washington. Not sure yet, but be on the lookout. It'll be in your feed if it happens. Otherwise, see everybody on Monday.